This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At what point in your career did you say, you know what, I want to continue to be a Raptor long term? 2009, uh, when is the draft? Was June, whatever day I got drafted. The Toronto Raptors select Dumar DeRozan from the University of Southern California. That day, you know, my whole mindset, it's always been Toronto since I've been here. You know, my whole goal when I first got here was to make this whole city and this whole country be known. Tomorrow was a legend for us and uh, took us to, an, to another level. Because I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this organization and you know, I wasn't done yet. You know, I represent this thing harder than anybody. I am Toronto. DeRozan, oh! Flying through the air! Throws down the vicious hammer! DeRozan backs in, falling away, jumpers up and good! With 1.9 remaining. Now to DeRozan, sees him. Oh! it down! What a vicious slam! He had all of Canada behind that one! In my opinion, we had, we had reached a point where um, we had navigated as much as we could, you know, and, and uh, but I know change is uncomfortable and uh, it just seemed to me that we were stuck somewhere. My whole uh, mindset and approach to the game, being in Toronto, was I wanted to change that whole narrative to that whole organization. That's why I worked my butt off like I did. That's why I pushed, that's why I pushed, that's why I repped so hard to get that stigma off it. I felt like I wasn't treated with what I sacrificed for nine years, with the respect that I thought I deserve. So many moments, man. Like it's, 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 it's something I'll never forget, and without a doubt, it's, it's no replacing Toronto.
to another episode of That's a Rap Podcast on the Raptors HQ Podcast Network. I am your host or co-host, Jay Rosales, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andreas Babiolakis. Hey, it's Dre. You know who it is, but it ain't about me. We're going to pass it over to, you know, the main producer, the actual doctor, you know, the guy who puts everything together because this is his brainchild. Jason, what do you got for us? What is this special episode about? Hey, what's up, guys? So this one's pretty important, I guess, for all of us, for all all you Raptor fans. This game uh, that's coming up on Friday, it's such a big game for everybody, including ourselves. And I wanted to make this a special Demar-centric episode for That's a Rap. Um, not only because you know he's he's had such a major impact as a raptor, but like this is kind of what started it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's. It's obvious that uh, Demar has a very special place in in Raptors lore. I know that the franchise hasn't been around for more than three decades, but uh, he's definitely uh, put a stamp on the franchise. You know, we talked about it in previous episodes about you know where we rank him in our personal list and you know everyone generally has him somewhere in their top five uh top three sometimes number one but yeah i think that's that's a great place to start is to talk about what his i guess lasting impact is like what did it mean to you you know how how has it kind of changed your perception i guess you could say of 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 being a raptor like how has he changed the perception of like anyone joining the Raptors right because before he was around and I guess I'll just I'll just jump in right here and just say that like before him there 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 was just this stigma that you know you you're if you're ever picked up drafted by the Raptors or traded to the Raptors or signed by the Raptors you're you're off in some cold and desolate country and it's just you know it's a hockey first city and it that just wasn't the case. Like right from the get-go, Toronto had a very huge and vibrant fan base. I think DeMar was the catalyst to opening up the eyes of the rest of the NBA to that. So for me, I think that's that's a very lasting impact that I think that he's brought. I mean, Dre, what do you what do you think? How has he impacted you? When it comes to DeMar DeRozan, I mean you're looking at a guy who was a part of a very weird franchise. Like Toronto always tried to be on the map from the very beginning. They always tried to have this great impression on what Toronto could bring to the game of basketball. You know, started off with Stoudemire. He left. And we got Carter. He left. We had Bosch. And he left. And at that point, it felt like we had like nobody. And I remember it was almost like a joke when... DeMar DeRozan was put as the poster child of the team. Like, well, we've got nobody else. So let's just give it to this guy and you're looking at 10 years later where it's like undeniably no question this guy's like the face of the raptors this guy actually is like one of the greatest if not the greatest quote-unquote raptors of all time and it's interesting because he never felt the need to jump to a different team to perhaps win a championship he found promise here and he found solace here yes there were times where he might have choked yes there were times where we where we got swept but he never ever gave up he always tried to find solutions to his game, which he elevated. And to the franchise, there were times when Kyle Lowry threatened to leave. There were times when other players basically said, no, we're not going to the Raptors whatsoever. But DeMar was like the most comfortable person we've ever had. He came when he was drafted, never really left until it was against his own will. And he just loved every second here. 
And this includes like some of the worst seasons we've ever had. DeMar DeRozan, no matter what state the team was in, not even just lending a hand, lending his his soul, his his blood, his everything, working himself to the bone. But it was never so he could be the face of the league. It was so the Raptors could be put on the map. If it wasn't for him, there would be no ambassadors. There would be no Eastern Conference Finals. Players trying to join this association. It was all that push from DeMar. Yeah, man. I mean, spoiler alert, guys. He's number one for me. Like, there's there's DeMar, there's VC, and there's Chris Bosh. I guess to me and to many Raptors fans, I, I think he he's like the epitome of what it meant to be a Toronto Raptor. We were always looking for that leader uh, to stand up for our team. You know, that lone team from Canada who never really surmounted anything but a missed shot and like a couple of dunk contests, right? But DeMar, he kind of knew that stigma that when he came here as a Raptor, well, when he got drafted as a Raptor, he knew about the cold. He probably knew about the taxes. Honestly, he was the first player that I remember that wanted to end his career as a Raptor. You know, like Carter signed a second contract. Bosch signed a second contract. But DeMar, he signed a third contract for five years without even meeting with another team. Who does that? Don't know any other player who... At 12.01, let's sign another contract for five years to stick with the team that we're going to retire for. Like, that's that's incredible. And his stats kind of speak for himself, right? Most points in franchise history, most games played in franchise history and in the playoffs, most minutes played, most free throws made. But I think the biggest impact and the most lasting impact he had on this franchise, and to me, was his willingness to do better every year. So every year mm. he added something different to his game, whether it was his three-point shooting, his dribbling, his playmaking, his passing. He always wanted to better his game every year, which in turn would also make his team better every year as well. So I kind of took that to heart because I feel like too often in all of our lives, we kind of feel too, we feel content with where we are. We should always strive to be better, but not for it an individual gain but to raise everyone else around us and that's what i had as a lasting impact from damar you can tell that he wasn't really there for individual gain he was there to better the team every single year and that's what i that was a lasting impact i got from damar DeRozan. well i think i think you touched upon uh both of you touched upon a really good point is that his his impact wasn't just on the court it was to the city and to this country right yeah, like Vince Carter, you know, with the whole Air Canada moniker and, you know, the the highlights and all. Like, if, if you were to think of a Raptor and a highlight, you're likely going to think of Vince Carter first. But whose impact has been bigger? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a tough question because, again, if, if I ask you to think of any Raptor in Fernando's history, you're probably going to think of Vince Carter first. But you both have laid it out perfectly in terms of, his willingness to stay here, like he's it's he's paving the road for future uh, Raptors who would want to play for this team, sign for this team, and stay in this city. Um, we're already seeing that with the guys that are currently on the roster. Like Lowry wants to stay here. Fred Van Vliet wants to stay here. Like he could have signed elsewhere for much more, but he chose to stay here. This is a theme that we're going to continue to see. And I would argue DeRozan's impact is is actually bigger than than Vince Carter's. What do you guys think? When you think about the Raptors, you think about the highlights, right? And the biggest highlight is from Vince Carter. You don't really normally think about like that hardworking person in the background that he kind of grinds every day. And that's what DeMar had. So I, his impact was more in the roots, 
to me. Whereas Vince, he had a lasting impact for a lot of the kids. But I think it was because of his flashiness that he used his platform in order to to better his team, I'm, I'm sure, and to better his career. But it was definitely like in an age without any social media or any Instagram or Twitter, Vince Carter was still very in the media. And then DeMar was in the background. He, he, was, he didn't add for that attention. He kind of just played. Well, you look at somebody like Vince Carter, who brought us to the first round of the playoffs. We'd never been to the playoffs at that point. Still a young team. We got swept. But we came back the year afterwards, faced the 76ers, faced them again the year afterwards. But we never made it to the Eastern Conference playoffs with him. Fast forward a few years later, we've got Casey, Biombo, Lowry, Valanciunas, Drake as an ambassador. Hey, whatever puts us on the map. Lots of figureheads, but I think the sole name that's responsible, and I'm not looking at the negatives like the, the Cleveland sweeps or anything. I'm looking at the positives, putting us on the map. A good chunk of that was DeMar and the fact that he just fought tooth and nail to get to where he was and stopped wanting to be the scrub or the scrub team of the NBA, which is the Toronto Raptors. We never really got that much respect until you know this year, I would argue. Yeah, and that's that's a great point. And I think that that's a great segue into the next portion we want to talk about with DeMar. It is those specific moments of that he brought and that, that, that those special moments that he created as a Raptor. So uh, I guess the next question I've got for you guys is what in your mind has been the top highlight or moment that involved DeMar? Jay, you want to take this one? Uh, I I'm I'm a little nervous of what you guys are going to be thinking about this one, but they, like okay, there's so many moments that I could choose from, um, that we could all choose from, really. But for me, it was in the 2011 season. That was like the young gun season with like Amir and uh, Sonny Weems, and that and that was the second year that Demar went into the dunk contest. So. For some reason, I don't know why this impacted me so much, but for some reason, that dunk, it was called uh, the showstopper. I don't know if you guys remember this. So he threw the Absolutely. ball up. He threw the ball up from the three-point line, landing into like the paint area. And then he did this like little cradle of the ball, went underneath the basket and threw a reverse windmill. While he was contorting his body, his head grazed across the mesh so he couldn't really even see the rim. And then he threw it down with such ease. Like it was so smooth it was so finesse and for the longest time that stuck by me i was a little bit too young to really be impacted that much by vince carter's dunk contest we don't really have very many like playoff i guess optimistic moments right that we can remember but this one was like this was my dunk contest with damar this was this was my vince carter with damar and it's not going to be vince i'm not saying don't get it don't don't at me guys but this isn't going to be vince carter through the leg showstop or anything this was like damar as a player he was so smooth how he played and then when he dunked that ball for me that was the my top damar moment what about you guys yeah, for me, I've got um, I've got an in-game moment, and it's just so Canada, just so Toronto, just so Demar Derozan, and how fully integrated to our nation he became. Game against the Trailblazers, Demar Derozan's en route to setting an NBA record for most consecutive free throws made with 24 in a row, and the real final second of the game, we're up two, but instead he knocks off the board, 
So the Trailblazers don't have a chance to recuperate at the at the halfway line to try and sink a buzzer beater. Did you know at that point that you could have had the record? Yeah. No, no, I didn't know. I had no clue. And he didn't know either. No, I had no clue. You know, you know, he told me um, it's 0.9 seconds. You know, they miss. They got to try to wind up and throw it. You know, um, but hey, happy we got the win. You regret it. Now that you know, nah, I, I get it again. <laughs> I don't know how long. Demar Derozan fashion, he blamed it on Kyle Lowry for telling him to do that. But you know, jokes aside, jokes aside, and the brother, the brotherly love aside, here's a decision of somebody who worked stupidly hard to get these foul shots, but was also game smart and said, "I could be in the books, or I can make the team win." And he did the smarter thing. I, it's just such a great moment, but at the same time, such a smart moment where it could have been greater in the history of the NBA, but instead it's greater in the legacy of DeMar DeRozan. That's the way I see it. I like that. I like that moment a lot. Thank you for bringing that up, Dre, man. Because like, yeah, you're right. It could be in the history books, right? As a Toronto Raptor, but instead he he missed it. Now, did he miss it on purpose? It's up for debate, but at the same time, it was for like you know what I didn't even know I I wanted to win for win the game and like that's yeah you're right that's so rafty man good pick I love that moment because yeah that's the ultimate I mean that that goes everything we've been saying so far about how he would put the city and the team before himself so I love that moment thanks for reminding us um, my moment is I don't know if this is more of a recency bias thing but that buzzer beater against the Pistons last year. It, it just I can't get that out of my head. Like I, I was trying to think of like I figured one of you would have said it. I'm like, what else could it be? Like what is number two? But that just kept coming back in my head. And I don't know if it's it was the call from the announcers or DeRozan has twenty five and a half. DeMar DeRozan, six to go, got all the way to the bus. Oh, oh, wow. oh, Dynamite <laughs> Detonates on Detroit watch this he just took that ball from the opposite foul line right down the middle of the court and he goes up strong two-handed jam dunk and he gets fouled and one what a finish that's what an all-star looks like folks you're looking into the eyes of an all-star demar derozan the crowd was even though it was in detroit it was like dynamite dynamo <laughs> oh my gosh and the crowd was like 80 percent raptors fans because that's yeah. what the way all detroit pistons games are like it was so freaking amazing and and uh, ironically it wasn't even the shot that won the game i mean uh, if you right. remember like it put us up by you know after he hit the end what the the free throw because it was nine one we were up by two but they still had about three seconds left and blake tied it and forced overtime but we still won the game, right? That was, I think, that was also the same game where um, Demar had almost the exact same drive and dished it out to Van Vliet for the uh, the buzzer beater. So mm-hmm. amazing! And you can edit this out if I remembered it correctly or incorrectly. But for me, that's that's the number one moment. I I can't get that, and and even just the reaction of everyone, like not just the crowd, but like I remember Kyle Lowry jumping around like like a little schoolgirl, like it was. <laughs> Yo, Jay, if you can get that clip and play it, uh, <laughs> just play you. it over and over again. I got you, man. No, that's that that moment was incredible. But, I mean, like speaking of of Kyle and Demar, I mean, I think honorary like moment moments is just the the brotherhood that 
that you had with uh, Damar and Kyle with like on court, off court, all the interviews, whenever they were just like interacting with each other. It's they made it fun to watch Raptors games and also like post games or pre games and whenever they were together outside of basketball, like on the open gym or if they were like uh, training at Team USA training camp or something like that. And obviously the Toronto when um the all-star game was here and each time they were in the all-star it was always damar and kyle damar and kyle and it, yeah. that like brotherhood was it's going to be missed thoroughly and i don't know if we're ever going to see that kind of camaraderie when it comes to kyle and anybody else on the team for that matter the, <laughs> there's no sense of replacing damar with kyle uh, with Kawhi. it Kawhi is a completely different player so whenever people and i remember Stephen A. Smith was just on on a show like not too long ago. And he's like, when I see Kawhi, I see a little bit better DeMar. And that's not true. One, they're completely different players. But uh, Jay, you were, you were talking about this on your roundtable. All the moments that Ka- uh, Kawhi, all those missed buzzer beaters, in order for us to be in that position, it was because of Kawhi that we were in those positions, right? But I guess my point is, is that when it comes to that like brotherhood, I don't think we're going to see that anymore. You know, do you think that if we stood pat with last year's uh, roster, do you think we would be in a better position than we are now? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I would actually argue absolutely not. Uh, I think we've got a more solid team, a more defensively conscious team. I mean, now that we have Gasol as well, I mean, uh, two former uh, DPOYs, Defensive Players of the Year, if any green, we're bringing that grit and grind that a team like Memphis has, but also with a much faster speed and court-conscious kind of mentality. So I think we for sure have a better team, even though we're currently second. That's because Milwaukee has ungodly right now like just insanely good i think last year we had a team that won definitely the most in the east but come playoff time had a lot of holes and while i think our team now has a lot of holes i think we've covered up a lot of the mistakes that we were prone to before but having said all of this while Masai made some excellent moves and I would argue excellent moves and I think both of you would, would agree at least with some if not all of them the ways that he went about them in particular with fan favorites loyal players might not have been the best would we want DeMar to do well absolutely that's why when he got signed to the Spurs and not you know the Suns or something he had hope he had promise you know he's under Popovich the arguably the greatest coach of all time but just 
tossing them out on the road like that just wasn't great. And we've been over this a million times before, but you're asking about if the team's improved or not, and I would argue absolutely they have. I don't know. This is a tough one. I thought the answer would be fairly easy. And the answer, you know, I would agree with you is that, um, you know, if we stood pad, we'd probably be worse. But you know what? You know, it's not just about replacing the four players involved in that trade. There's a whole domino effect to that, right? I mean, because of that trade, that's where, you know, Ibaka and JV were broken up. The the coaching change, right? Also, attributed to many of these changes so there's there's this whole butterfly effect with this where like it's not just a matter of looking at you know comparing demar's effect and and Kawhi and danny green's effect on the team it's it's last year we had the bench best bench in the league no True. if you consider that we have the exact same roster another year of you know building on that chemistry learning from our playoff failures maybe siakam still comes off the bench and maybe our bench unit is even better, right? Because that's something that even now we argue about how, you know, our bench just not even close to being as good as it was last year. Yeah, sure, there's been some issues with injuries and load management of starters and things of that nature. But one thing that I think I've heard throughout the season is what if we were to just put Siakam back on the bench? I know he's been amazing, he's all-star worthy. But if he was coming off the bench, I mean, he was probably the reason why we were the number one. It was the main reason why we were number one bench last year. I know Fred Van Vliet got nominated, was in the top three for sixth man of the year. But I mean, you look at how both of them have evolved. And yeah, I don't know. I, I This is a hard question to answer because maybe our bench would uh, and, and our team as a whole, with that extra year of, of experience under the belt, would actually be better, if not the same the the bigger question would be how would we do in the playoffs and that's why all of these moves were made we could be better we could be around the same um but come playoff time we know i think we all can agree that the team that we currently have uh is better uh set up for success um but if we were just to compare like you know regular season and and you know 59 games into the season as as the current roster is i don't know the the old roster may actually have a better record, if not around the same. Yeah, and that whole, you know, LeBron is out of the East now is a good argument. Yes, the Raptors did flame out in the playoffs in the last, like, three years or four years, arguably, with the Washington Wizards. The only player, and I think every team also had to face this one player, and everybody lost. So it's not like we are this glorified losers of in the playoffs everybody lost to lebron you know yeah and i'm in both arguments i can say i I agree with dre where this team to this date is better than last year's for sure but what about all the other teams around us if we stay packed does milwaukee stay packed does philadelphia stay packed if you basically had the last season without lebron we probably go to the finals right but if it's this season if we have the same team and everyone else changed around us I don't know. I don't think we would make it out. I honestly don't. I think because of once LeBron James left, everyone else has a chance or thinks that they have a chance to come out to East to face, you know, Golden State. Yeah, I think that because of that domino effect, everyone else was planning to change as well. So I would lean towards not coming out the East. Well, I mean, if we stick with the whole, you know, DeMar's uh, effect on our team, if he were still on this team, 
there is, I guess, some grumblings going around about how he's doing as a spur and mm. and how he has, I guess, his production has dipped a little bit compared to his time with the Raptors. Now, I personally don't really agree with that sentiment, but I'm wondering what you guys think. Do you think that his his play has gotten worse, gotten better, around about the same? Like now that he's you know got a good sixty ish games under his belt as uh, as a spur, what do you guys think? Uh, Jason, I'll let you take this one first. Actually, I'm uh, curious. I th- well, the best game he had was against the Raptors. No, he, that was his first ever triple double, and it was against us. Is anyone surprised about that? I don't think so. Um, he this was definitely a revenge game, and I think the one on Friday is revenge game is number two. I don't think he's going to get a triple double. I do think we're going to come out with a win, but. At the same time, DeMar's going to have a good game. I just don't think that he's been playing very well. And again, I don't really watch Spurs very often. This past All-Star, he wasn't there. And it's kind of odd because, you know, every time you see Kyle Lowry as an All-Star, you kind of think DeMar DeRozan should be an All-Star too. Is, wasn't it weird for you guys that the first time we see Kyle Lowry as an All-Star, you don't see DeMar? And it had to be something about his play. And I, it's a good question to ask. Do you think that, like, Toronto benefited because of DeMar or do you think because of Toronto's system DeMar was was the beneficiary yeah I'm kind of leaning towards the latter and I mean I do watch quite a few Spurs games and DeMar is basically playing in my opinion like he was on the Raptors where he has some extremely great games where he's the figurehead of the team pulls them out of the swamp and he's got some games where he freezes a little bit Personally, I think the whole all-star thing that happened, uh, keep in mind, he was getting many fan votes in that aspect. But as we've seen, when it's not just fan only. So they threw Doncic out the window. They threw Rose out the window. They did the same with DeMar DeRozan when they made their the final picks, uh, the media and whoever. I think one final factor is that he's got to compete with a now Spurs veteran like LaMarcus Aldridge. Aldridge also has off games, but I'd argue that DeMar is better when he's hot, but Aldridge is always consistent and always kind of, it's it's kind of like the backbone. So because of that, you don't necessarily see him as losing games or shooting bricks. We'll see what happens next year, but I think currently DeRozan and the Spurs are kind of unanimous because of this trade. But I mean, let's see what happens next year. If he becomes like a Paul George who ends up consuming his team and being like the front runner for the team, no disrespect to Westbrook, but like Paul George has become insane on on OKC. So I mean, let's see what happens next year. But I currently think he's playing about the same. It's just circumstance. Yeah, and I'm glad that you said the words circumstance because um, there are a lot of circumstances surrounding the numbers I'm about to throw at you and uh, numbers. Yes, effects <laughs> it's had. Um, he's averaging career high in rebounds a career high in assists. He is not getting to the free throw line as much as he used to, not even remotely close. He's not shooting as many threes as he was in the previous seasons. His his usage rate is down versus his time on the Raptors. His win shares per 48 is not as good. So there are some aspects. I think what I mean by the whole thing about circumstance is just Popovich is just using him a lot more differently, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. A little bit more as a facilitator, uh, but maybe hiding his his uh, I guess Philosophy. failings. Yeah, 
uh, and telling them, hey, crash the board instead. If, you, if you're not guarding the guy you're shooting, just make sure you crash the boards. So his, his usage is much more different. I wouldn't say it's better or worse because, you know, those rebounds lead to leak outs and those dimes obviously lead to assists. And the, the Spurs are the number one, if not one of the top three-point shooting teams in the NBA. And that's shocking when you consider before the season when uh, DeRozan was acquired, everyone thought, okay, DeRozan and Aldridge are your top two players. This is going to be a mid-range shooting heavy team. And yet mm-hmm. here we are, and the Spurs are, like I said, the number one three-point shooting team in the league. That's just, or one of the top. And that's just, that's more a tribute to to Popovich and knowing what he's got on his team and how to maximize those talents. Like he saw something in DeMar that the Raptors just simply didn't, like Dre said, it's just a different system on the Raptors, right? So he was asked to be more ISO heavy uh, in the Raptors system, and that worked. Um, again, a, a, a credit to his hard work. But on the Spurs, it's okay, let's, let's pass the ball around more. Um, you know you know the defense is going to collapse on you, so dish it out when you can. Find your three-point shooters. You know, you'll see some dips in some areas. For example, he's averaging less points than he has almost uh, the last time he's averaged this low, which is 21.4 points, was in his last non-All-Star season, which was in 2014-2015. Speaking of All-Stars, I think the reason why he wasn't on the All-Star team, because you could argue that his numbers are comparable to Aldridge. You could argue that he's just as much the face of the franchise as Aldridge is. Uh, It's that he's... I guess it's unfair to him that he's categorized as a guard. And in the West, you're not going to get in the All-Star team above Curry and Harden and Westbrook. Like, you're already behind the eight ball there. Whereas with forwards, right off the bat, there's three forwards on the starters and only two guards. So already he's behind the eight ball. So I don't think he was really primed to... You know, it would have been amazing if he actually did, but it's just there are just way too many elite superstars who are already ahead of him. And Aldridge is more of a, okay, well, we've got another spot. Let's give it to him, you know? So I think uh, DeMar is not necessarily worse. Um, he's not necessarily better. I don't know. I think he's somewhere in between. I don't know if you guys are on the same page as I am where DeMar was a great player. I don't think he's, you know, he's a Hall of Famer Raptor for us, but I'm not too sure if he's like number wise, you know, wins wise, playoff wise. I'm not too sure if he's that elite player like the KD, LeBron, Steph. But I don't think it was the accolades as a player as much to it as it was DeMar himself that we Raptors fan kind of connected with him the most um, because of his personality, because of his his willingness to open up, especially about his depression. Um, I think he was very personable without even trying to. And I think that's what uh, hurt the most. Well, I guess it hurt me. I'm not too sure about you guys or all you Raptor listeners. Like it, it hurt me knowing that someone like him isn't going to be in our team anymore representing the, the Raptors. And it harks back to, are we rooting for the team or are we rooting for the last name and when it came to Demar, it, it was both you know because Demar is definitely a raptor and i think he will be a rap to our eyes a raptor for a very long time so i want to ask you guys the big question do you think he should retire a raptor and do you even if that was a possibility do you even think that he would want to if Masai is still there 
Those are some very good questions. I think if he has the opportunity to, absolutely. Um, but this opportunity could arise, Dwayne Wade style, in a year, you know, because he played with the Bulls, semi-played for the Cavaliers, and just said, ah, the hell with it, I'm going to retire our heat, why not? You know, it could be that way, or it could be a very long time where he takes a bit of a journey, then winds his way back for, like, one final hurrah and says, you know what, this is where it all started. Uh, you know, I've, we've made amends. So who knows? Uh, Masai could still be around because Masai is doing arguably the best um, we've ever had. But it, you know, it still stings just a little bit, uh, not just for us, but the players as well. There's going to have to be some real negotiations if, you know, it just so happened that in the near future, Damar was able to come back and it was under Masai. Some real trust reconstruction. I think Damar loves the city more than he's angry at Masai. He's angry at Masai because he loves the city and he didn't want to leave. It's not like he hated him from the start. Like, oh, Masai, he's a jerk. You know, it's because he was stripped away from, from the town that he became a legacy act for. The town that he grew to love, to love and know from inside out. So I think he would be willing to come back. But there would have to be some real, real reconstruction between him and the team, the city, uh, Masai, obviously. But I, I don't think it's entirely impossible. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the mind that, A, he will absolutely get his his jersey retired. He'll get his tribute video. He will get all of the praise from the fans. Um, I think if it came down to a situation where he had the opportunity to resign with the Raptors, I could... Uh, absolutely see it happen um, again the only person whose bridge was burned was between Masai and Damar and I, I, I get that and that's a that's a huge you know reconciliation that needs to take place and it's still fresh right at least in our minds and in the present time but Damar still has a good six seven eight seasons left in him that's a long time oh, yeah. if you think about you know how young he looked when we drafted him and you think about how he looks now, and that's just half, if you consider that being maybe even half of his NBA career. So there's a lot of time between now and then. The life of a an NBA exec is a lot shorter than the lifespan of an NBA player. So I'm not saying that uh, I foresee Masai losing his job anytime soon. It's just that seven years down the road, you know, you can bet on damar with his amazing attention to detail and fitness and health and exercising that he'll still be in the league seven years from now seven years from now i don't know if Masai will still be our gm so i would what i'm trying to get at is if Masai is not in the picture let's say seven years down the road and damar is on his retirement tour you better believe that we'll be giving him a call for you know that 15th roster spot or something to that effect the same way we're we're saying it for vince carter right now so yeah i could see him uh a resigning with the raptors i could see him retiring as a raptor so um yeah that's a that's way too far ahead in the future for me all i care about right now is that you know he appears to be very happy with the spurs and we as a raptor squad are 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 thriving with all the moves that Masai has made so i don't know jay what do you think I'll tell you guys a really small story, but I mean, I went to go to like that uh, like a jersey signing or a meet and greet with Damar one time, and then Ooh. I got my uh, jersey signed. I've never worn that jersey ever again. I will have it framed. But when I got that jersey signed, I told him 
Damar, you're going to have your jersey raised in the rafters, and you're going to be the first jersey to be raised in the rafters. And he thanked me, he gave me props, and it was a really cool moment for me. I'll never forget that. Uh, I agree with you, Jay. I, I don't know if what's going to happen in, in the future with Damar or if he ever wants to come back here, but I don't think that he's ever going to forget his time he had with the Raptors. And I don't think the Raptor fans or any of us is going to forget the time he was a Raptor. So, so yeah, I mean, thanks for doing this uh, podcast with me, guys. It was it was the brainchild from the beginning. I, I really wanted to do a DeMar-centric episode uh, for That's a Wrap, and I'm glad that you guys let me have it. So thank you. Uh, Dre, where can I find you, brother? Uh, before I go into that, uh, can we, you promise just one thing? Sure. Uh, can we do an Arusha episode next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What that's on the next slate, bro? Come on. The highlights might be like it might be the shortest episode. So, what's your fondest memory of the time you made a layup? That was pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, not to not to be mean about former Raptors. Uh, I don't even know what he's doing anymore. But uh, you can find me. uh, Hopefully, if you're not a Rafael Rusha, I don't want your hate mail. Uh, You could find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs, and you could find me on Twitter. At Films Fatale, F A T A L E. Yeah, the Oscars are just around the corner. I've ranked pretty much every category. Just uh, by the time this episode is up, they'll all be up. So, yeah, go see what I ranked everything and tune in on Sunday where I'm going to be hacking away at the computer like a madman, uh, writing every winner as they come. Jay, what about you? Uh, you guys mentioned it a couple times already, but yeah, you can find me on Raptors HQ uh, every week. I do the wrap-up, which is just a preview of the games of the week. So obviously, I have a huge write-up on this upcoming uh, game against the Spurs uh, for this week. Um, I'm also on this week's roundtable, where again, very DeMar-centric questions that we were asking. Um, so make sure you check that out. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalosaurus. What about you, Jay? Uh, yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at jlone 20 You can find this podcast, uh, That's a Rap Pod, on Twitter. And you can find this podcast, the one you're listening to right now, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on iTunes, anywhere you find your podcasters. Uh, find us on Twitter as well, on Raptors HQ, because that is our new home base. Until Friday, where I have to get a new couple of Kleenex boxes beside me, that's a wrap. Joel Embiid, you're going to go play in an all-star game when you've got a bum knee. Not like you're not even playing for the 76ers for like a week. Come on, dude. Jesus, man. It's that a karaoke that he was he, he was going hard at. Trust the process. <laughs>